This is the Badass Dad Pod, the podcast for living our best lives, physically, financially, and relationally, right now, no matter what age we are. Hey, this is a celebratory episode. Why? Because I hit a big milestone. When I started this podcast, uh, way back when, I was setting out on three quests. I was going to dunk a basketball, I was going to stop taking my most important relationships for granted, and I was going to get out of debt. Well, I'm still working on that dunk. (laughs) I'm so super close, like centimeters close, and it's been a lot of fun getting this dunk training thing happening. As for the most important relationships, I think that's always going to be a quest. The more I work on it, the more I realize that there's, there's really just no finish line. Good relationships always take work, and there's no place for sitting on our laurels in good relationships. So those two quests are in process. <laughs> Actually, so is my third quest to get out of debt. But I hit a huge milestone a couple weeks ago, and then I paid off all of our credit card debt. Not totally debt-free yet, but the biggest, nastiest dragon of debt has been slain. And in this episode, I'm going to recount the steps to doing it. It isn't rocket science for sure, but I found I needed to be reminded of these principles again and again. So whether you're an old hand at debt retirement or just kind of kicking the tires on that budgeting and the debt-free life, this episode then is valuable. Friend, my name is Ryan Dunn. I am the slayer of the Visa Dragon, the despoiler of the Amex Troll, the dispeller of the MasterCard Mythical Beast. I'm a level 8 gym warrior, a level 6 relationship ranger, and a level 5 debt mage sucker. And I want to help you level up as a debt mage too. So, let's rock, my apprentice. Let's rock on back to 2018, as a matter of fact. Summer of 2018 to be exact, the time at which I made a startling realization. Our family income at this time was higher than it had ever been before. My wife and I were each in our highest paying jobs ever, and yet something fishy was going on. You see, despite pulling in more money than we were accustomed to, we still faced the same old money problems. We were still stretching to make our dollars last until the end of the month. We always felt like we were one financial emergency away from ruin. Like if our car just blew up, we would be screwed. And we had goals of things we wanted to do as a family. Like, I don't know, take a vacation in New York City or the Grand Canyon (laughs) and to buy a house. But it didn't seem like we'd ever be able to afford to do anything like that. We were pretty much just treading water, financially speaking. We weren't going anywhere. We were just treading in deeper and deeper water. So I wanted to know what the hell was going on. Supposedly, we had more money coming in, yet we weren't feeling any better than we were years ago when we had far less money at our disposal. So where was all the money going? Have you ever asked that question yourself? It's disturbing, isn't it? Well, here's what I'll guarantee you. (laughs) It's going somewhere. And it's pretty likely it's not going where you think. When I asked this question, where is our money going? I followed it up by doing the hard work of analyzing our expenses across several months. 
Now, I thought our money was getting nickeled and dimed out. Like, I thought we were just kind of throwing money away on random purchases, like lunches out and, and throw pillows. Actually, we do spend far too much money on pillows, in my opinion. Uh, there's a movie where one of the characters calculates the time he spends removing and storing pillows from his bed. Uh, I think it's a long game, Polly. Well, I feel that. I feel that so hard. That movie makes me want to cry. Not because I'm laughing at the hilarity of the situation, but because I know that character's pain. It is my pain. And if it wasn't so futile to punch pillows, I would punch all the damn pillows. Anyways, um, I, I tracked our expenses. Back on task here. We're talking about tracking expenses, and I did that for a couple months. And for sure, we were nickel and diming money away at a considerable degree. Besides the constant stream of throw pillows, seriously, they were like tribbles. They they reproduce at an alarming rate. Uh, but each time they did, it cost me 30 bucks. So besides the pillows, we were really throwing money away on random subscriptions, like a barely used New York Times subscription and an extra unused Spotify subscription and subscriptions to so many premium streaming services. Actually, like the pillows, we still fight that battle. It's funny. We thought we'd save all this money by cutting our cable and just doing streaming services. Well, when you total up the dollars you pay for HBO streaming, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu Plus, and whatever else, you're getting hit just as hard in the pocketbook. So one of our steps to tightening down the money siphon was to really address whether or not our subscriptions brought us the value we paid for them. For example, we had to ask, what are we watching on HBO and can we watch it anywhere else? Like, could we pick up the one movie we streamed on HBO per month over at Redbox instead? The point was really to address if we were using the things we spent money on. And often we found that we couldn't justify the expense. So when that happened, those things got cut. So that was the nickel and dime stuff, random expenses that siphoned off a small portion of our income. But when I did the expense analysis, I found that there was one line item that was huge. It was killing us to the tune of $1,000 a month, nearly what we paid in rent. And that item was debt payment between credit card payments, car payment, and an old personal loan payment, we shelled out nearly a thousand bucks a month in minimum payments. <laughs> That's crazy, right? That was a significant, well over double digit percentage of our monthly income. So we could limit the nickel and dime stuff, but if we really wanted to get serious about becoming financially stable and eventually financially independent, and that is the goal, then those debt costs needed to be controlled. I started having daydreams of what an extra 1000 a month would look like. <laughs> and they don't include anything about throw pillows. Bet you thought I was done with throw pillows. You were wrong. Uh, anyways, an extra 1000 bucks a month, that's like a vacation a month. It's college tuition for our kid. You know, when you string a ton of those bad boys together, you can do some major damage to a big expense. It's a lot of guilt-free vinyl record purchases. And friend, 
to me, that's a thing of beauty because I love collecting some vinyl and I really look forward to the day when I can do that without feeling like a selfish ass. (laughs) Speaking of being a selfish ass, I have always wanted to be a generous person, but I always felt like being extravagantly generous was going to really hurt my family because, again, we were on the razor's edge of financial security every month. I wanted to give towards benevolent causes without feeling like I was taking food out of my kid's mouth. So many people have been generous to me over the years, and I felt like I should be at the phase of life where I could afford to be generous to some young up-and-comer like so many had been generous towards me. An extra $1,000 per month could make me a benevolent Mr. Dunn. So many better things we could be doing with that 1000 bucks per month than just using it to pay debt. And here's the real killer of that debt. Most of it was for things that we no longer own. Like that personal debt, it came out of doing some improvements to a house we no longer owned. That credit card stuff, it was all to purchase stuff in the past. It was all for old trips. We were spending now to fund things that we did years ago, which in hindsight, isn't quite worth it. So let me throw this word of caution out to you. COVID restrictions are lifting and maybe you're thinking about taking a trip. Yeah. If you don't have the money in the bank to fund that trip, then here's the anchor on the head. Don't take the trip. Do you think you're 2025 version of you is going to like the 2021 version of you very much when that future version of yourself is making those monthly credit payments? No, no, he is not going to have good things to say about you. So spare yourself the regret and wait. I wish we had, because if we had, we'd be a thousand bucks a month richer, right? Okay. You're getting the point. Debt is bad. Uh, We had a considerable amount of it and it was limiting us from reaching our future goals. Therefore, the debt had to go. Up to this point, we'd been making minimum payments. That's right. The $1,000 per month was just minimum payments on our various debts. At the rate we were going, we wouldn't be done paying our debts until something like fall of 2027. And because of compounding interest, That would cost us thousands of extra dollars. So several of those months each year were just going to line somebody else's pockets. They were simply going towards interest payments. That's the killer part of debt is that you have to figure that only a portion of your payment is going towards your actual debt. And a significant portion is going towards paying interest. And the longer you take to pay something, the more interest you pay. So we found ourselves in the precarious position of wanting to eliminate our debt as fast as possible. Now, there are a couple of ways to approach this. The first is to go after the lowest hanging fruit first, meaning you could go after the debt you owe the least amount on. For example, maybe you owe $7,000 on your car, but $12,000 in credit card debt. Well, you can eliminate that car payment quicker, so... You begin making extra payments there to get it eliminated while making the minimum credit card payments. I went with a different approach. And it worked for us because our specific circumstances. So we had three sources of debt, right? 
the totals of each debt weren't all that far apart. So there wasn't one that was going to be significantly easier to pay off than any of the others. They were, <laughs> they were all going to suck to pay off. But there was one I felt was more damaging than the rest. We had a credit card that had a high interest rate. I felt that was the most damaging to us. So we concentrated on paying that off first. You'll probably want to concentrate on that credit first too, unless you have some something like a pay advance loan or something with crazy high interest rates. The credit card is likely your main money sucker. Therefore, it became our plan to kill the credit card as soon as possible. And that was how we paid the thing off sooner than 2027 and how we'll be debt-free by this time next year. So, how did we get the money to start getting aggressive in paying that debt? Yeah, that's the trick, isn't it? Well, that's where the expense analysis I did became even more important. So I'm going to say that step one in eliminating credit card debt is to do an expense analysis. That is simply looking at all the expenses you incur over a couple months and then identifying where your money is going. From there, you can decide what needs to get cut in the interest of frugality and what can be moved around. In our case, we could get the superfluous subscriptions and some of the frivolous spending, like a lot of lunches from restaurants, and cut those and then use that money to make extra payments on the credit card. I actually just took that a step further then. I set a goal, like a time frame, to get the credit card paid. And then I used an online calculator where I entered the amount I owed and when I wanted to get the credit card paid by, and it kicked back a monthly sum I needed to pay in order to meet my arbitrary deadline. Then I figured out how to make that number work. Now, initially, I set my sights a bit too high. I was over-aggressive in how quickly I could pay off that credit card, and I just couldn't come up with the money to make my inflated monthly payments. So I had to do some recalculation. And that really was step two, allocating extra payments. I figured out what we could cut from our budget, and we then used that money for extra payments on the credit card. Now, there's a third kind of hidden step here, too. And it actually kind of circles around the, to the beginning. We'll get to that. It involves setting oneself up not to use the credit card anymore. We'd gotten in credit trouble because we had no emergency savings. So whenever a medical emergency or a car emergency came up, like, I don't know, needing to replace the serpentine belt and some rotors on the car, then we would have to toss out the credit card for payment. Our first step was actually to put money into savings so that we wouldn't have to use credit the next time an unplanned expense came up. Now, this might be more important than making additional payments from the get-go because you can start making those additional payments on your credit card, but if you're just upping your balance on the back end because you have to keep using your credit card, then you're not actually getting anywhere. So, an important and maybe overlooked step in this debt retirement process is to set oneself up into a position where you don't incur more debt. Let's review. Steps to killing credit debt. Number one, figure out where your money is going. So do that budget analysis over a couple months. Number two, reroute whatever expenses you can towards your goal. And number three, build up 
emergency savings. And last thing, give yourself some grace for crying out loud. What happens to many of us is that we start this plan and then something sets us back. Like we have to pay for a root canal out of pocket before we have the emergency savings built. So we use the credit card, right? Some people might take that as a sign that the plan's not working. We're not going to do that. (laughs) We're going to take the hit. Then we're going to keep on chugging because that's what a badass does. And you're still a badass if you stumble. You're still badass as long as you keep going. Now that the credit card is gone, I can take all that money I was paying on it and make additional payments on another debt. In this case, the personal loan. So now my payments there on the personal loan have been doubled, which you guessed it means I'll pay that off in half the time. I was supposed to be done with it, I think, in fall of next year. Well, now it's going to be later sometime this year. And then one day soon, I'll have that extra $1,000 a month in my pocket. Then, who knows? But it feels good to dream. It's coming. All right. Thanks for celebrating with me. If this episode on debt management and paying off the credit card has been helpful, then say so by dropping a review. Hit the subscribe button while you're at it. My name is Ryan Dunn. The Badass Dad Pod is a weekly podcast. We generally have a rhythm of alternating shorter and longer episodes. I got off that rhythm in this case. That's right. It happens in life. But we're going to pick back up next week because that's what badasses do, right? We keep chugging along. More conversation is happening in our Facebook group, The Badass Dad Squad. Join in the fun and support. It's a good time. There's also more information on becoming a badass physically, relationally, and financially over at thebadpod.com. Music is by Io Allen. Talk to you next week. Okay, bye.